Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Intersections Matches Talk Radio, a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. This is Jeff Bina, your host, and I'm the founder of Intersections Match, the only matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on South Asian singles throughout North America. As a dating coach and matchmaker, I'm always interested in fresh perspectives, from authors, researchers, and experts to help me provide unparalleled service to our clients. I'm very excited to welcome writer Kia Black to our show today. On today's show, we'll be discussing Kia's book, Modern Love, The Grown-Up's Guide to Relationships and Online Dating. Welcome to the show, Kia. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. And I'm wondering at the outset, what led you to wanting to write the book? Well, first, it was just practical. Um, I've always kind of done online dating personally, and when I told okay. people I was, they were very interested in it, <laughs> but they were also scared of it. Sure. And I thought, <laughs> I didn't find it to be a scary process and thought, you know, I could help people with that and kind of make it much more enjoyable and not so intimidating. So that kind of produced a book. <laughs> oh, actually, for your personal experiences, and, I, you know, I can see that. It runs throughout your book, which is um you know, excellent. Okay, so now you mentioned, in your book you mentioned taking charge of your love life. Um, so share with our listeners, what, what are your thoughts in terms of how how can one do that? Well, I, I think the first piece is people being aware that they can. Um, okay. Often, and and I think society sort of says this to us, but, you know, you just get sucked into the undertow of love as opposed to actually mm-hmm. realizing that you have some control over that. You know, you can actually, you know, be part of the process of of deciding what you want in a relationship, what you want in a partner, and not just kind of letting the fate sort of drop it on you. Not to say that there isn't some magic involved in it, but I think there's definitely an element to you can you can direct the path a little bit more than people give give themselves credit for. So that really helps, you know, that really helps them to kind of set that stage for what do I want? What is my my focus and what lens? Absolutely. And I love it because it's such an empowered way of really living, love and every other, you know, aspect of life in terms of being in choice and, like you said, recognizing there are choices. And um, yeah. uh, so now what are some indicators uh, for someone who's wondering if, they're ready to date, actually. Are there any indicators that someone might actually not be ready to date? Maybe it's not the right time to make those choices for someone. What do you think? Yeah, about that? Ab- absolutely. There are some times if you're still blaming your ex, you know, mm-hmm. if you're still hung sure. up on kind of past situations that haven't worked, um, if you feel like, you know, the, whoever your potential dating 
uh, pool is they're they're kind of predator predators or sharks. <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. kind of seeing it as as an adversarial situation, it's a good indication that you might want to take a little time to sort of heal and, you know, get a sense of what you want and see it as a in a situation that you want to invite into your life, that you're not afraid of it, that you're not still tender maybe from a relationship that didn't work. You know, you want to make sure that you're ready to, you know, jump into dating with something, with, with an approach that you're excited about it. You know, you're you're excited to meet new people. You're excited to let new people know you. Um, a lot of people do it because they just feel like that's what they're supposed to do. You know, that's their obligation to don't be single. That's the worst thing in the world. And so what I should do is dive right back in. You know, that's a way to solve a broken heart, and it's not because you're going to drag sure. that baggage with you. You know, I think yeah. you make a great point, and it's actually a very timely point. I mean, it's, it's a kind of a um, universally important uh, point, but it's timely in the sense that I know a lot of people sometimes feel pressure, right, over the holidays especially, whether it's, you know, meeting their relatives and, you know, people that you not not meeting from day to day. And uh, everyone, for single, sometimes they, they feel confronted with everyone sort of asking about, their love life or, you know, yeah. why it doesn't exist. So I think, and if, you know, and also if one is kind of nursing, you know, wounds from a past relationship, it, it can be, um, you know, some feelings can be exaggerated during during the holidays. So I think that's a really good point in terms of, you know, being, wrapping it up, being back in choice and, you know, making the decision for yourself that, you know, the timing may not quite be right for you and, and that's yeah. okay and, and not becoming to any pressures. Um which I know can be easier said than done, but it's it's uh, good to know that you know to give everyone permission, right? To 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 do that. Oh, absolutely. Um, what? Um, so, in terms of people who are re-entering the dating pool, so they've you know they've healed and they and they feel ready and they feel enthusiastic about about uh, meeting someone. What what do you consider the first step that uh, someone should take when they're in that frame of mind when they're re-entering the dating pool? I think to to really be ready to kind of have that focus, like what is it that they're really looking for? You know, what has worked okay. in their past relationships? What hasn't worked? And make sure that if you're you're you know you're participating in online dating or or however you're doing it, that you have some sort of a framework that you're using. And I'm not say to have this rigid list of things that like it has to have you know this person has to be this, but it helps sure. you have some sort of guideposts for what it is that you're looking for and and what do you want in your life. And also thinking about where is your life personally without anyone else in it? Are you happy with where that's at? And how do you invite someone in that's going to enhance that, that's going to make it you know even better than what you have going on so that you're not also basing your idea of going into dating as they're going to solve everything. I'm going to meet you know Mr. or Mrs. Perfect and they're going to make everything right for me. And then my life will fall into place and then everything will be okay. Well, if you're waiting for that person to make everything right for you, it's you're you're putting a lot of pressure on some other magical person that you may or may not locate. So you need to have a sense of what that is for yourself and who you are, I think, before you step out there and start dating. Because you're you're also you're not gonna recognize it. You're not gonna recognize what it is you're looking for until you kind of have that framework. Excellent. I think that's really helpful. And I think, it, you know, for our listeners, can you uh, put a little bit more uh, meat on that in terms of the framework, the guidepost? Can you give an example of that, some hypothetical hypothetical person or from your own personal uh, experiences? Either way. 
Sure, sure. For me, um, you know, I think one of the big, I was married before and, you know, I was, I was with my first husband for 10 years. And one of the big things that was missing for me was having someone that was willing to communicate. And I think that that's for a lot of people. And I realized it wasn't just kind of a nice to have, it was, it was critical for me because just the way that I communicate. And it was kind Mm -hmm. of one of those things I needed to put in the forefront when I started dating again. You know, there could be other things, you know, that that weren't quite as necessary for me, but that was, you know, one of those absolutes just because that's one of the basic things that allows you to have flexibility in a relationship and to be able to not have the, the rigid list of, you know, they need to have a job like this and they need to be making this much money and they need to have brown eyes and they need, you know, all of those sorts of things. <laughs> Those right. things you kind of have to loosen up on, but there are some things in terms of communication and the way that you kind of see the world in general that I think it's critical. So for me, it was that communication part. It was someone that was interested in really learning and growing as a person and mm-hmm. and also embracing that in me so that they weren't seeing you know, that as some sort of threat if I wanted to grow or change. They see it as part of the flow of the relationship as opposed to something that could be some sort of threat to the balance of the relationship, you know. So I I kind of looked for those sorts of things that helped to create a flexible relationship in that sense, something that allowed the relationship to grow. And for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different what it is they're looking for. Hopefully the things that they have as those, those needs in their life are something that are going to allow for flexibility and growth. It would be my hope. But that's not going to necessarily – everybody has a different kind of path for what they want with a relationship. But I think for relationships to be successful and really last, mm-hmm. those are some of the cornerstones that they need to be looking for. They don't want people that are always saying no and don't want to try new things and you know aren't interested in having conversations. That's, that's going to be, to me anyway, a very closed kind of relationship. Hopefully they're looking for something that they can broaden their lives and share that and grow together. Sure, I think you hit on something absolutely in terms of, you know, an alignment for, you know, those life goals, those those core values, right? Whether it be yeah. Yeah. Um, really valuing a, a certain level of communication, um, you know, or growth, basically. Um, so tell me, um, you know, are there any, let's say, types of people that um, you know, you believe you shouldn't you shouldn't date. You can you just kind of steer clear of um, anything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ab- absolutely. Um, there's definitely you know there have some categories, and I've definitely been guilty of being attracted to these kinds of people in the past because <laughs> a lot of times it feels like you're helping them, and those are the wounded birds. You know, the people that always have something. You know, they need help, and they always have something you know, where they're reaching outside of themselves for someone to help them. So we've got the wounded birds. And, sure. you know, women a lot of times are, you know, they want to they want to fix the guy. You know, they want to say, oh, he's had a hard life, you know, or whatever it is, and, and I can help them see something better. And I I know I've done that personally. There's And there's the bad boys and bad girls, you know, that are they're kind of maybe living on the edge and having a little bit too much fun, and they're very charismatic. Um, fun when you're young, not so fun when you're trying to have a long-term relationship and have something mm-hmm. a little more substantial. Or the drama queens, you know, the people that even if nothing's going on, they seem to have the ability to stir up like chaos and drama. They will bring it with them. They will start it up. And there's, you know, 
fun again because there's never a dull moment, but there's never a dull moment <laughs> and there's always something stressful going on. So it's it's not where you want to put your energy if you're trying to actually have a, a substantial relationship because you're always busy you know, putting out the fires and worrying about the drama and not really getting to the meat of an actual relationship. Or the people that are users, you know, they're kind of, what can you do for me? You know, they need money or they need a ride somewhere or, you know, mm -hmm. they need they need something. And it's always kind of about what they can get out of you. And it might even be emotional. You know, they may be those kind of people that are just sort of emotional vampires and they're looking for, you know, someone to fix their stuff or someone to put their problems onto, you know. So any of those people that have so much chaos going on in their lives that they're taking away from the ability to have a real relationship, <laughs> I think are some excellent yeah. people to stay very far away from. You know, it's they can be entertaining in the in the short term, I will admit it. But if you're looking to have a real relationship, it makes it almost impossible to reallocate those emotional resources into an area where you can have a real relationship and you're supporting each other and you're, you know, really participating in the relationship directly with each other. Excellent. Um, let's, let's switch gears a little bit here and let's talk about, let's talk about online dating. And um, I know you mentioned that, you know, you did it and, and people would come to you for, you know, for, for assistance, mm -hmm. for tips and, what um what is it that appeals to you about online dating? What do you like about it? Why did you choose to do it and and why do you recommend it? Yeah, well, I um I actually started doing um personal ads when I was in college. And okay. and then it kind of evolved. You know, I evolved with it as it evolved into online dating and so on and off, you know, when you be in a, out of a relationship, I always kind of gravitated towards that. And what I liked about it, I'm a bit of a data nerd. <laughs> so, it's kind of nice to be able to look at profiles and kind of get a sense of what's out there and then think about what is, what is it that I'm looking for or not looking for. And as you look at a lot of profiles, you start to see those patterns of like, oh, yeah, that seems like something I want to stay away from or I want a little bit more of that. And so for me, it's always been kind of helpful to be able to see things in that way. You know, you know, hopefully, that people are single and they're not lying about their status, which is a whole other show. But, um, you know, really, <laughs> yeah. it's it's kind of about knowing that, okay, great, we know at least people are looking for a relationship if they're, you know, on a dating site. And sure. then, you know, how do you kind of interact with these people? And, and it's it's a way also to kind of flirt a little and, you know, kind of dip your toe in as little or as much as you want to, depending on how you want to approach it. I tend to be, I'm an Aries and I tend to dive into whatever I do. So I would really, you know, I would get pretty aggressive about dating and I probably went on about 25 plus dates in about six weeks, you know, when okay. I dated last time. Yeah. So I, I really got into it and it, and it was just, for me, it was like the repetition of it. It became very clear to me what it was that I was and wasn't looking for. And it was a lot easier for me to start tuning my experiences and, and tuning what it was that I was looking for when I did that. I do not recommend that for everybody, <laughs> but I think that there's some really great points to doing the online dating. It's a faucet for women anyway, that where you can kind of turn it on or off and date if you want to or not date. It's a little different for men. I know that they just don't get the same kind of response women do, but mm -hmm. for me it's worked and that's why I generally, I do recommend it for people if they want to kind of try it out. 
And it's interesting, you had mentioned, um, and, and those are all compelling reasons, and I think, you know, it circles back to what you mentioned in terms of taking charge of your love life. It's, it's a great avenue to be able to do that, right? It, um, oh, yeah. It, yeah, no, um, you had mentioned, you know, would recommend that for everyone. And so I'm wondering, do you feel, based on your experiences, do you feel that online dating is for everyone? Is that a great avenue for everyone to avail of? Are there any exceptions? But, I think it's for a lot of people. I okay. think, though, that there are some people that maybe in in their life generally that they may people step on them a little and take advantage of them. And if they're people that are kind of easily duped, <laughs> um, I uh-huh. don't recommend it for people like that. I also don't recommend it for people that if you haven't really thought about what it is that you are looking for, because I think those are, those are the people that we read those horrible stories where someone has taken financial advantage of them. It's very easy Mm -hmm. to get kind of sucked into those online romances if you're not a little cautious and you're not willing to kind of step back when someone's schmoozing you and and telling you all these wonderful things and say, wait a minute, that seems a little sudden. I haven't even met you in person or whatever the situation is. So for people that aren't willing to have a little bit of skepticism, a little, you you can't completely be skeptical of the process, but you need to, to have a healthy dose of it. And if you're real trusting, like overly trusting, I don't think it's a good mm-hmm. idea for people like that because they need to they need to protect themselves to some degree, you know, because it can be a dangerous process for people like that because there are there are predators, unfortunately. Sure. Um, so you have to kind of know when to say no and to have your boundaries set and to know what your standards are, and not <laughs> and never under any circumstances give money to people online. That still shocks me when people do that, you know. Right. But, Right. So there are some people, um, but I do think that if nothing else, it's good for at least testing out a profile and safely checking stuff out as long as you're you're willing to kind of hold back on some of those crazy things like giving lots of money or, or making big promises. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is, and, and I completely agree in terms of the precautions, and also, um, you know, what also strikes me that um, – Someone who's having difficulty with boundaries, it's, you know, online dating, but pretty much every other avenue can can be challenging, right? So it's almost um, yeah. some, of those, some of those things are really well worth sort of investing, you know, um, in, in figuring out, really. Um, oh, you know, absolutely. When, when one's looking for, a, you know, a sustainable, serious relationship. So really great points. And, you know, I know you had mentioned earlier at some point about relationship baggage, Um Love you to share with our listeners what what do you mean by relationship baggage? Tell us about that. So for me, relationship baggage is really it's the stuff that we kind of collect in our lives along the way as we're learning about what relationships mm-hmm. are. So it's what we okay. how we see our parents behave towards each other. It's the things that we see in movies and hear in songs. And it's also the things that we actually experience ourselves about relationships. And so as we go along, we collect this. We say, oh, okay, that's what love, you know, we see, um, you know, the pretty in pink and we think, okay, that's what love looks like. You know, there'll be these great Mm -hmm. grand gestures and, and those kinds of things. Or we see that our parents, you know, were not really demonstrative about their affection, you know, or whatever it is, those things that we gather up and we internalize and then in turn, we use those in our own love lives. So a lot of times what happens is we collect these things and they become a bit of a, it can be a detriment to us finding love because we've created these little rules or scenarios or how things are supposed to be 
about relationships, and it turns out that they're actually causing us problems. So it's that baggage is kind of all that stuff, and sure. it's well, a matter of how we yeah. use it and, and if we're aware of it. Well, awareness, I think, um, again, you know, great, uh, great point. Um, how, for someone who, you know, they think they probably do, you know, most of us, you know, have some level of relationship baggage, um, but they're mm-hmm. not quite clear on what it is. Like, it's hard to pinpoint sort of and identify what their, what their baggage is. How, anything you can think of in terms of how do I, how to help someone identify, you know, what their baggage is that might be coming in their way? Yeah, I I think some of that is really kind of looking at how your relationships up to this point have played out. You know, if you've got okay. certain things that keep happening, you know, certain problems that you keep, you know, like you, you're with someone that's not communicating well or you're, okay. you know, you get jealous or you don't stand up for yourself or, or maybe you're, you know, when you get into an argument, you get really passionate about it and you start to think about why, where does that come from? Why why do I do that? <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. start to really give some thought to behaviors that you have or maybe people that you invite into your life that aren't they aren't really getting you where you want to be. Um, I think that's kind of the first place to start and it's it's such a wide open thing, it's hard to know until you know, you talk to somebody and start to say, So, you know, what's worked in your relationships and what really hasn't sure. and you know, I think that's kind of a way to be able to to start to pinpoint them and and kind of dig through and see what's going on. Sure. So looking at your relationship history and your dating um, history, and like you said, it's not only romantic relationships; it's even what you saw in terms of others' relationships that are that are close. Yeah. To you. Once once you're aware, right? Once you've pinpointed or raised awareness as to you know what what your baggage might be, what uh, what do you do with that once you once you find it? Um, once you find it, you have to decide if it's doing you any good. And there may be some yeah. things in there that aren't damaging, but you also have to think about, is this, you know, like I was saying, is this getting me where I'm, I want to be going? Is this helping me mm-hmm. have the kind of relationship that I really want to have? You know, a lot of times, you know, I, I'll, I'll know people that say, oh, I want a relationship where I really communicate well and, you know, we have these, these great intellectual chats and we go and travel internationally and all these things. And then you look mm-hmm. at the profile they're writing and it's written for someone that wants to go party. <laughs> and mm-hmm, sometimes people mm-hmm. don't realize that what they're doing is, you know, maybe they don't feel like they're they're worth it or they're worthy to have the thing that they really want. And so they kind of compromise by putting in their profile or what they're just putting out there as a person, something very different. And so kind of being aware of, of how these things are causing you problems and, and maybe not helping you out is, is sort of the best use of kind of identifying that baggage and kind of figuring out, well, where do I go from here? Because this hasn't been working. So how do I make this work? And, and what do I chuck out or tweak a little bit so that I can find what I'm really looking for? Very helpful. Um, what, what after? What, what do you? What would you say are your top three tips to uh, to singles? It could be men or women or, or both. Um, if you have different different tips to men or women, you can share that. Or, um, but what would be your top tips? I think the first thing is have fun. There's a lot of people okay. that seem to take dating as this horrible job, <laughs> this extra job yeah. that they have to do. And yeah. just to enjoy the process, it should be something fun and exciting to meet new people, um, that none of it 
dating, even when you go out with a date on a date with someone that it doesn't work out, it's not a waste of time. It helps mm-hmm. you kind of get a better sense of what you want and what you don't want. And it allows you to just meet new people and, and kind of play with that. And also, you know, as I started with this, realize that you're in control of this process. You know, that it's not something that just happens to you or, you know, love graces you with its presence. It's that there's something, there's things that you can do to actually help that process along and that you're in control of what comes into your life far more than you think. I love the empowering uh, empowering nature of that. And I really appreciate your, your sharing your insights with us, uh, Kia. Is, is sure. there any last thought or uh, take-home message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Just be excited to meet new people and invite new people and experiences into your life. Um, I think that we're, we live in a society now where people are so fearful of, of letting people in and, and connecting. Mm-hmm. So enjoy yeah. that process. You know, I think it's kind of one of those great gifts of being human is that we get to do that. And even better yet, if we connect with a human that we want to stay with for a long time. So enjoy it. It should be a fun, exciting process and, and not something to be dreaded ever. <laughs> That's, you know, and, it, and that leaks, right? I, I always find is I do feedback, you know, all the time with men and women from their dates. And, um, and that mindset, you know, whether one chooses to have that mindset of having fun with it, that leaks in a positive way. And, and if it's not, you know, if someone, like you said, is kind of treating it more like a to-do, like a have-to-do yeah. um, obligation, that it, it, uh, it definitely does. Um, if people want to, um, you know, check out your book, they really appreciate your insights and they want to learn more. What What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, they can visit my website at modernloveguide.com and okay. they can um, access my book. And I have a, an online self-paced class, video class, if they want to do that. And so there's, and then I have uh, my husband and I do a weekly podcast as well. So we're kind of encouraging people along with the the long-term relationship. So any of that, any of those ways they can get to us and and find out more information. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kia. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. And in case you joined us late or would like to share this show with people in your life, I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com. Appreciate you hanging out with us and make sure to join us for next month's show. Take care, everyone.